Welcome to South London Hardcore. You can, people can probably hear the excitement of my voice there. <laughs> I'm Jack McEnroy, the second. This is uh, Steve Walsh, I presume the first. Yeah, and the last as well. This is the, We're not going to make this mistake again. <laughs> Hello. Uh, we're joined by, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had Alan Moron. And when we, were, <laughs> when we were planning the show, like, we've often talked about fantasy guests we'd like to have on, you know, yeah. your Rio Ferdinand's, your, Dan- Gary, your Gary Oldman's. Danny Baker. Danny Baker, yeah. And uh, Alan Moore was one, wasn't yep. he? Even though he's not from South London, we just wanted to squeeze him in and we managed to. But one that's sort of proved more elusive than any of them in a way. The hardest guess. I mean, getting Alan Moore on the show was a piece of cake, to be honest. It was like <laughs> one, one inquiry, one letter, done. So easy, so straightforward. Mm. What, what a, uh, you know, lovely guy to deal with. This guy, he's an ear winning. You got, you can't pin him down. No, they seek him here, they seek him there. You can't get him on your show. Am I gonna get word in edgeways? Dedicated (laughs) follower of fashion, our friend Hassan. I'm not gonna say your last name because you might say something incriminating. I think. Uh, Well, uh, dedicated follower. Not today. Not today. No, fully naked. This is quite (laughs) drab. That's the rule for the first appearance on the show, isn't it? If Alan Moore went naked, you're going. <laughs> In this chair. Is this where Alan Moore's testicles... Uh, <laughs> See, you were right. You were right. He would say something uh, incriminating. We are nervous. We're not like, live. We have, to, we have to get this right because the odds of rescheduling this... Hmm. I, uh, now, now I know the way, you know. I mean, okay, I'm used so yeah, to this. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to get it's, it's pretty... Well, See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't believe this is a real location when I, when I told them about my mishap last week. Annalee, uh, you know, sort of thinking, you know, sort of uh, getting confused. Danny Baker said it wasn't in South London. Really? He said it was in Kent or something. Yeah. Hassan has lived his whole life in Tooting. He works in Clapham, went to school in Wandsworth at the prestigious Emmanuel School. We'll Battersea. be talking about... Battersea. Battersea. Yeah. In the borough of Wandsworth. <laughs> so we'll be talking about all those things in time. A school so prestigious, Hassan, Michael Aspel went there. And I think we should mm. take this opportunity to bring out the Red Book. This is your life. We said we weren't going to say surname. You broke your only rule. That was the. This yeah, is like, no, I remember, yeah. Because yeah. right now that we've got no guests from your past. No one's going to walk in and go, uh, you remember her from the yeah. playground. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you one person we might bring out, Hassan, if we did do that. Eric Bristow. <laughs> yeah. The, the Crafty Cockney? Yeah. Is, he, is that his nickname? Yeah. The, the guy at the darts yeah, player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I, have to say, I never met him because he was an acquaintance of my parents before I'd been born. Right. But uh, my parents had a, an Indian, well, a shorthand. Obviously, they had a restaurant. They had a restaurant in... Oh, Hassan uh, is Bengali, just in case anyone thinks you're Indian going on. Bengali origin. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk, right? we'll, we'll talk national identity later right, on, yeah. yeah. But, um, right at yeah, down, Steve. Yeah. But, uh, uh, my parents had a restaurant in Edmonton, and apparently my mum brought this up just the other day because he had he was on television for some reason. Rather, you, you wouldn't, I, I have no idea why Eric Bristow. He was in when he in the jungle or something. He was many was years, he? yeah, several years. Oh, ago. Right. That was a good few years. Oh, ago, was it? Okay. So, I mean, um, and you know, if it's not the PDC or BDR, I wouldn't have an idea why he's on television. But he was, and my mum was bringing up one of the anecdotes I've heard many, many times about how he'd often bang on. Back on the door at like three AM, uh, <laughs> demanding, demanding to. to I want my dinner. Uh, you know, I want my dinner. Uh, three well, in the morning now. I want my dinner. <laughs> I've had it. And your mum would just get up and do him a curry. Uh, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I hope his lawyers aren't listening because I don't know if this is libelous. Is there a special price there? Special price. Yeah, like for yeah, three yeah, o'clock yeah. curry. You yeah. can't sort of go. Uh, that'd be eight pounds fifty, please. Well, you know, he was a celeb. You know, he's uh, he was big news. So you want to keep the punters happy. So yeah, mm, so, not three in the morning. I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. That might that might be a slight exaggeration, but um, yeah, he, he used to knock him knock him on the doors at all hours, and um, apparently he was like you know sort of. Uh, yeah, but I don't know a great deal other than that he could eat very hot curries. With your PDC uh, BDO references, I'm guessing you're a bit of a darts fan. So I'm not going to name this question. Oh, he loves the arrows. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jack, why did Eric Bristow give up professional darts? What was the affliction that uh, uh, affected him? He quite fancied a curry that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got the yips. You ever heard of the yips? No. It's, it's, it's basically a, a nervous thing where he couldn't release the dart. 
You, you get well, so, so he just do it, it and swing it, it into his own leg. <laughs> <laughs> you, you basically you, you do all your setup and your preparation, but I suppose and it happens similar for the golfers, doesn't it? It's where... not, yeah, it's not unique to darts because yeah. um, Anna Kornikova um, suffered from it occasionally with her serve. Where yeah. she just oh, you just keep chucking up and catching it. Well, it's yeah, just yeah. like a it's mania. where there's a technical thing and you overthink it. You become compulsive about the optimum moment of release, and yeah. Yeah. he just couldn't think. He couldn't think when to release it. So he never did. So it just got to a point where he just freeze. It never stopped him having a bit of rice on his fork, though, did it? That always <laughs> found this destination. One hundred and eighty. <laughs> I don't know. How can we make that into a food reference? One hundred and eighty. Something about naan breads or something. Steve, especially finish off the gags. I'm, I'm setting it up. I'm throwing it up. And you're just catching it, man. You're throwing it out like corner cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would always order a number one hundred and eighty on the menu. Yeah, they don't have number yet, Chinese, do they? Yeah. It's almost like it's not a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's blasphemous to say so, but Indian restaurants, I'm not a big fan, as you know from your stag Oh, not literally course. blasphemous. Well, I was going to say some sort of Well, well I, I'd imagine, well, the last time I went to an Indian, <laughs> not literally blasphemous. Well, it, it might be interpreted by the uh, proprietors of uh, but the last time I went to an Indian in uh, December, just gone. Uh, staff party I actually ordered uh, chicken and chips <laughs> yeah and I, I, did, I got the look you can imagine as sort of because uh, uh, one of my quirks I'm sure you're both aware I, I only eat curries or enjoy them when my mother has made them I know that makes me sound really pathetic but hey ho no, I'm the same with fried breakfast I always enjoy my mum's fried breakfast most every other one I just sort of think how different it is my mum's fried breakfast and uh, find it lacking my mum's not a good cook so but I do appreciate all the... Uh, my mum listens. Does she so does, she does. <laughs> Thanks. The first time I ever went to your house, Hassan, in Tutin, your dad was reading a book at the dinner table called Curry, a biography. And I didn't know if it was racist to ever retell that story. Well, you, well, you said several of your colleagues didn't find that very amusing. No, people... I said it, yeah, yeah. so his, his dad was reading a book called Curry, a biography, and they were just like... I've watched that tell that story, and he's turned to me and gone, tell them why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> why aren't they laughing? Yeah, I, yeah, he was... Yeah, it was a bit of a character, my dad. He uh, he used to relentlessly highlight whole passages. They'd be serious. I'd pick up his recipe books and there were whole pages just highlighted. So the idea that, you know, sort of a chapter is just, you know, crucial. All he didn't do, a lot, didn't do a lot of cooking. Though, so, <laughs> but he used to insist on, t- you know, tape. That's it. He used to love taping cookery shows and snooker. Those were, those were like his... Big interests. Yeah, yeah. What age, Hassan, were you uh, invited to Mensa? Oh, well, I, I I was five when I first sat my kind of did my IQ te- the relevant tests. I used to go and see a psychiatrist, not for not for reasons you're going to suggest, but at St Thomas's Hospital they used to assess me in terms yeah. of kind of uh, you know sort of. Uh, Your brain was so massive. Well, apparently well, I had a reading age of sixteen at five, and uh, apparently, but they I, I I always hear nonsense like this where they say I was in the, like the top sort of ten percent kind of in terms of sort of intelligence. Would well, be higher I, than that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's 1%, isn't it? Yeah, 1%, man. I doubt it. I you are the 1%. Yeah. But again, the bottom again I was... <laughs> it kind of all went wrong for me after, you know, not too soon after when I realised... Oh, I was looking to establish that. Oh, yeah, right, when okay. did it go wrong? When was it, sorry? Uh, basically, my dad used to, um, you know, sort of, we were well drilled. At, we'd have to work on, like, sort of Saturday mornings, get up at nine, start work, you know, sort of start working, um, as in studying, as yeah. well as down a <laughs> sort of coal mine, just in case <laughs> Upper chimney, chopping onions for a Bristol. Yeah, size teacup. It'll definitely be here tonight. So just get those, get those ready. Oh God, I hope my siblings don't listen to this. But yeah, uh, no, but we we worked hard, um, you know, and sort of. Uh, but when I passed my ten, my eleven pluses and got into secondary school, what was that you seven years old? <laughs> I was ten actually. I was actually younger than you know. Oh, because your birthday's in August. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I was ten, and uh, when I got into secondary school, he kind of had the idea that you know he'd done as much as he needed to do, and that the teachers would take it from here. But they obviously assigned you homework, and then having a lot of spare time. And that was the time when I really, really got into football. So I didn't really have much desire to sort of uh, for the kind of academic side of things. And that's pretty much where it started to go wrong. So yeah. Uh, yeah. how wrong it went, we'll discover how wrong your life has gone. <laughs> so essentially, were you in Mensa then as a sort of five-year-old? Uh, uh, do you know what? It was such a long time ago. But I, I, yeah, I was. I was. Well, and obviously, yeah, 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 kind of. But uh, you haven't kept up your membership, or no, no, God, no, 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 I, I. I kind of stopped 
uh, as I said, as soon as I got into secondary school, I didn't really, uh, I didn't do anything along the lines or follow it up. I've got a fear of alienating some of our listeners, but um, there's something psychologically wrong with adults that want to be a mentor, isn't it? Do you not think? Yeah, sort of go, it never uh, occurred to me before. So sort of go, uh, I'm going to need a certificate and possibly some sort of card so I can show people <laughs> uh, that I'm clever. Yeah. You're like, that, how? What's, that's got to be like the worst thing. To Imagine sort of going... Did they turn you away, Steve? <laughs> well, but don't you think the amount of people who claim to have a genius IQ and then they go, well, you know, and then you see some nonsense article in a, one of the tabloids about how somebody's got superior eyes. You know, it's 160 is a genius IQ, isn't it? And you've got, yeah, it's 160, that's yeah. a mark of genius. And then you'll see somebody, oh, Carol Waterman's more, into, you know, sort of got a higher IQ than Einstein. Or what, what does it amount to, though? You know, sort of doing yeah. the numbers mm-hmm. and countdown isn't particularly challenging. So we're not, I doubt that it means, well... Yeah, well and Carol yeah, Waterman yeah. in particular, I mean, the fact that she used her uh, perceived intelligence and her role... Third, isn't it? She got third at university. Oh, did she? Yeah. Well, the fact that she, everyone saw her was like, she's clearly the smartest woman in the world. She's, <laughs> she's like done numbers like that, and she's a mentor. <laughs> um, and she used that to then get a series of jobs on adverts convincing people... Uh, they've stopped now because no one's got any money. But when people thought they had money and uh, mm. there was that huge bubble going on, she was convincing people to borrow um, money at horrific yeah. rates of interest, yeah. wasn't she? So... You know, if that's what you're using your mentor memberships, mm. you're not you're not inventing anything. You're not creating anything or giving the mm. world ideas or something beautiful to look at or you know anything of use. Well, I don't know. Some people with Karen Vorderman would argue that wasn't she the? Uh... I stand by my statement. <laughs> 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 but yeah, she would just basically uh, help to push this country into uh, economic apocalypse. That's me on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers. She did, she was, I, I, I might have pulled this stat out of my backside. But um, yeah, she, I, was, I think she was on something like nine hundred grand uh, for a sure. series for Countdown. Oh, yeah. When when you consider what she was doing, yeah. it's pretty extraordinary. Some so, mental arithmetic. Uh, yeah. So you moved on, Hassan, to the prestigious Emmanuel School. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tell us what that was like. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, I, I can't. I won't speak badly of Emmanuel because, uh, well, I, I, I could do, but I won't. Uh, I just I decided to follow in my brother's footsteps. I, I was the idea was I was either going to go to Dulwich or Emmanuel, but um, I just kind of I mean you had your wedding at Dulwich or yeah Dulwich yeah. College yeah and it's quite the the surroundings were quite grand weren't they and it's Very, quite it's quite yeah. intimidating for a ten year old from council estate or eleven as I would have been then so uh, I I kind of decided to follow my brother's footsteps as I as I did because it was kind of the easy thing to do and uh, it was a really good school but it's somewhere. Where if you're quite timid and you haven't got a voice, you can kind of get lost. And uh, as being a lazy little so-and-so, um, I just kind of sort of just dwindled, dwindled away. Yeah. My know, school life was a lot like that. I mean, I was not, I was no Mensa genius. Yeah. You were given a scholarship, Hassan. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, How did that go down with the teaching staff? Um, I doubt they knew. Uh, it I, thought you were, been... I thought you'd made said they would make comments like Chowdhury, you should be more grateful than anyone to be here. <laughs> you know, your parents aren't paying, are they sitting home reading curry biographies? <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Just a guess. <laughs> yeah, you might have invented a few. Uh, so was there not kind of you no know, kind of stigma about being a scholarship guy? No, no, because I doubt they there were there were so many pupils. I mean, there were mm-hmm. seven hundred fifty pupils, so I doubt. I mean, I, I wasn't really well known. I mean, the only thing I was noticeable would, noticeable about me was I was in, just tiny. At like <laughs> at eleven, I was probably about three and a half foot, four foot max. So I know there's quite quite a lot of difference here, but <laughs> I doubt, I doubt, I doubt they'd they'd have known me. But um, yeah, it was it was it was strange for me because obviously I'd, I'd come from Smallwood School where um, there were still people at you know aged eleven who didn't know their alphabet, and uh, we was were, it a special school. <laughs> It might, it might as well have been because at eleven we kind of the task you set were just to make toast and eat toast, <laughs> and uh, that was genuine. One of one of my but assignments. Fingers, I said you the... can't make toast. <laughs> yeah, but... you didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico, they wanted to back. It was a teacher called Miss, Mrs. Delso, um, and she just used to make toast for us and ask us to play in the sandpit. And we were eleven, and as I said, wow. there were. There were there were kids in my class who didn't know their alphabet. There was one one kid, you know, poor soul, Victor. Um, he didn't even grasp the fact that when he was 
start doing his homework that he shouldn't just start from an arbitrary page in the middle of a book and that he probably should use a pen of some sort as opposed to a purple crayon and I'm not he, I'm genuinely not and nobody nobody had sort of thought to take this kid aside and sort of give him sort of special mentoring or tutoring and you just expect or a pen yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it was you an, the only one that went to a manual then? <laughs> Well, no one else got a scholarship. There were there were a few other bright children. Just him and Victor. Victor and Joseph. So we've prepared a quiz for Hassan about Emmanuel School. Mm. See what you uh, remember of your time there. Do you remember the year the school was founded? Fifteen ninety four. Oh, one mm. out of one. Says he doesn't so know. Far. Just aced it. Didn't How many even, questions Didn't even blink. Been? Well, I'm just going to basically go through what I've got here. So okay, well I'll just write you, down. You keep yeah. a tally. You keep a tally. One. I want. For question two, because like I was just gonna, I was gonna make this a bit easier, but now he's so. No, 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 no. I want the school's motto in English and French. Point for each. No, 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 neither. You're not getting it. No, no, no. No. I'll kick myself, but I don't. Give him a clue. Give him a clue, Steve. If I give it to his today, give it to. The noble aim. Is the English. Oh, like Eric Bristow, isn't it? Boom. <laughs> I, I can't say I'm familiar with... Here's a good one. How many of the houses... And this gives you an idea about how posh this school is. Mm. they got houses. Even now. <laughs> how many... Ha- I mean, what house are you in? Marlborough. Correct. <laughs> point. Um, yes. What was it? Many... Different brands of cigarettes. So. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite house was... Because uh, um, I'm sure you'll get, get to this, but there was... Uh, they were named after sort of um, successful British admirals. He had Marlborough, Wellington. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a military and naval. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my favourite was Rodney. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> or Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so you've named Wellington, Rodney, Marlborough. Any others that you can How? Yeah. Clyde. Yeah. Come on, it. Um... Sessions. <laughs> no, I... Have I, you got I, a song I, to... Uh, um, Clyde, yeah. Drake, yeah. Howe, Lyons, Marlborough, Nelson, Nelson yeah. Rodney, Wellington. Yeah. So how many six. do you get there? Six out of... Did you uh, get six? Out of eight. Give him six, yeah. Six out of eight, yeah. What is the name of the school's official publication? The Portcullis? Yes. <clears throat> I was going to give him a clue there. The name of the school's alumni? Think laterally. If you're not sure, think laterally. What would you call Emmanuel Old Boys? So oh, close. so close, man. Old Emmanuels. Old Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You're, yeah. you're an Old Emmanuel. Which TV series with a David Bowie soundtrack was filmed at Emmanuel School? Process of elimination. Yeah, you on. can uh, narrow it down using. Also, a nice little shout out to uh, last week's uh, feature. That is something I really should know. Yeah, you yeah. should. It's not less dance, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Was it upstairs, downstairs? It was the laughing gnome. It wasn't the laughing gnome. <laughs> it was... Uh, ashes the... to Ashes, yeah? Oh, no. The Buddha of Suburbia. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Other be Ashes to Ashes, okay. So no points for Jack in that one. Uh, other TV shows that have filmed there include uh, Jeeves, Jeeves and Worcester. Worcester yeah. yeah. And um, a feature film, which had uh, which was Slipstream. Never seen it. Oh. But with Mark it, Hamill. Yep, that's the one. Uh, scenes were filmed at Emmanuel School. The executive producer on that film is Gary Kurtz, was also executive producer on Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And there's a, another connection to the Star Wars trilogy that we'll come to later in the show. I know what that is. Do you know what that is? Yeah, let's throw that in as a question, Steve. Which Emmanuel old boy directed Return of the Jedi? Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Richard Marquand. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah. Know, I did not know. So that. the man who directed Return of the Jedi went to school, and the man who executive executive produced uh, the first two films filmed another film at your school. You've got a, 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 a link to the whole uh, initial Star Wars trilogy. Why aren't you asking me questions about Andy Peters? Ah, I spot it. You spot it. Yeah. Which That's broom it. cupboard? Um, <laughs> Twitter. So you named Andy Peters as and the former alumni of the school. Yeah. Did you say the name of his duck sidekick? Gordon. No. No. G- Gordon the Gopher, yeah? He's Duck Sidekick. Ed the Duck. Yeah, Duck's Ed the Duck. Wasn't he? But he did have Gordon. No, know. Philip Schofield, who was his oh, predecessor shit, yeah. in the broom cupboard, had uh, Gordon the Gopher. He had Ed the Duck. Later went on to do Live and Kicking. Also, later went on to produce which weekly music show? 
wasn't it one of the X Factor type shows? Was it? Was it? Was it the BBC equivalent? Was it? The it voice. was a BBC show. The yeah, voice. is it? Not the voice. No, no. What was it called? Fame Academy. Uh, Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops. How oh, soon it's been forgotten, isn't it? You're throwing Fame Academies and voices yeah. at me. Top, of the, Top of the Pops. Andy, Andy Peters was executive producer on Top of the Pops. You know when it started to decline <laughs> and people stopped watching it and then it died? Well, just before that, uh, Andy When they Peters. got rid of Whole Lot of Love as the... Uh, Things like that, yeah. Yeah, Andy Peters ended up as uh, executive producer on um, Top of the Pops. Which Michelin chef has two stars, presents MasterChef, and is an alumni of Emmanuel School. Well, it's going to be one or two people, so I'm going you to... You say both if you want, we'll give you two runs at this one. Yeah. John Turoid? No, John no, he, that's the thing, they don't present MasterChef, does he? He, ha- oh, sorry, has presented MasterChef. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. He's thrown you there. He is a TV chef, though, because it's not, it's not either, it's not the guy from Elephant and Castle, or the Australian guy. Because I was about to say Michelle Rue Jr. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Michelle Rue Jr., yeah. correct. Yeah, you should have gone with that. Yeah. No points for that, because... Uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> Did you know he you went to your school? You said you'd give me two runs for that. No, you got it. Did you know he went to your school then? No, hadn't got it. No. He's a spit of a brother-in-law, <laughs> though. That's really weird. Who is the author of a book called The Meaning of Sport and an alumni of Emmanuel School? This wouldn't be a fair question unless you worked in a bookshop. Yeah, shop. which he does. Which you do. Um, it's, I, I can't... The, well, the... The book sounds like it's written by a chap called Ed Smith, but I doubt he's... <laughs> Close. He did, I know what you're thinking. He did a very similar book around the same time. Maybe. What sport tells us about life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I didn't think Ed Smith was. Simon Barnes. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah you've yeah, probably read it. It's yeah, really yeah. good. You mentioned Michael Aspel earlier. Um, this isn't a quiz question. This is a Jeremy Inquiry. I don't know if I of you remember this. There was a TV show called Sex, Lies and Michael Aspel. You ever see this? It was yeah, a yeah, I documentary. did. I did. I turned it on halfway through and I was completely baffled. It's, it's in a, the early days of digital television. Yeah, it's preview. one of the most remarkable television shows I've ever seen. Mm. The premise was... Have you heard of this, Hassan? It rings a bell, thank you. The premise was that um, some investigative journalist yeah, had, had dug up uh, Michael Aspel's past. And this is the thing. It's sort of all pre... Any sort of wrongdoing and shenanigans in the pre savile yeah. Mm. So... You could sort of joke about people being promiscuous in the 70s mm. and uh, there was no sort of connotations. So they had this idea that the joke was Michael Aspel was just, uh, you know, very, very active in the 70s and had fathered uh, a lot of illegitimate Daniela children. Daniela Westbrook and people like that, yeah. Yeah. They, Rather than claim his illegitimate children, he just engineered it so they'd all have television careers. So, and the idea was that they'd all be revealed to him and they'd sit down and do these interviews. So it was... Uh, Daniela Westbrook, Mel B, Gail Porter and Michelle Heaton were revealed to be Michael Aspel's <laughs> illegitimate daughters that only had their position in British media because Michael Aspel pulled strings to make up the fact he neglected them as children. And, you were, and it was, ended up with him sitting there looking very serious and sort of going, I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And you're like, this is... Who commissioned mm. this? And then got them all to sign off. It was, um, yeah, incredible show. Which old Emmanuel... Ended up as David Bowie, Bowie's official photographer for a while. Do you know this? No. All right. <laughs> no. Do you know the guess? Um, is it uh, UK subspace? It's Paul Slack. <laughs> Mick Rock. No. Mick Rock went to Emmanuel. No. Yes. Really? Yes. See, I, I've met Mick Rock and I've had a good old natter with him, but this never came up. You could well, have talked about the morbid librarian, yeah. couldn't you? could have had a good chat. I met him at Borders when he was doing a talk about his book, Psychedelic Renegade, um, which was just a collection of Sid Barrett photos. It's really good. I, at the time, it was out of print and it was very, I thought I was very lucky to get hold of a copy. I was very pleased with myself. And then, lo and behold, the, uh, the one of the buyers who I know at HMV in Oxford, because he's very good... Don't really speak to him, but it turned up there for like four quid, and I was like, I, I paid like fifty quid for that book. So <laughs> my nose was, but mine, mine does say, you know, to Hassan, keep trucking or something, whatever. Mick Rock but uh, you know, keep, keep rocking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mick Rock has taken some of the most iconic photographs in the history of modern yeah, 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 yeah. Just remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I had one of his Bowie photos off he's, my locker at Waterstones. Yeah. That's why I thought you might have got it, because it's not, you know, he, he's not obscure by any... No, no, no. I mean, he's incredible. As they, they say, but they generally tend to be wrong, but he has actually worked with everybody. Here's one, a bit of a blast from the past. Do you know the film Theatre of Blood, starring Vincent Price? No. That's a shame. 
it's not really a fair question, but it was directed. I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah, I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, it was directed by um, Emmanuel. I'm, I would like to have a guess. Uh, do you know any horror film directors or any other directors from that period? What period? What, 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 60s, 70s, 70s Hammer. Um, Feel on, free to Is it Douglas Hickox? It is Douglas Hickox, yeah. yeah. Did you know that? that no, knowledge? but I had. There's only two film directors that went. Oh, okay. With, and it weren't Richard Marquand, was it? Yeah. <laughs> you um, know what? Douglas Hickox directed a film called Brannigan, right? Which is John Wayne oh, yeah. um, as a cop in London. In South um, London? Yeah, he's doing like car chases through Battersea. And that's obviously like. Yeah, of course. He's obviously had a ground in. I've only just put Lincoln in. Has he got a Dick Van Dyne accent in it? No, he's so just he's does an American. He's yeah. American, I mean, so he's like. He was he, in The Greatest Story Ever Told. Who was he in that? Uh, is he Simon of. Uh, Joseph of Amarathia? And he's just like, truly, there was the son of God. <laughs> <laughs> like, he don't bother doing an accent there, so he's never going to do it, is he? I'm glad about the next question because it's going to give you a chance to answer a question. Oh, I forgot. I've stopped writing down <laughs> answers, but he's lost, didn't he? I've he, done terribly. He, no, I think he's done. I think done well. You've done all right, Sam. I think you started so strong. Yeah. Um, the listeners can do their own count if they go back. Yeah. <laughs> if if you know if they're that bold. <laughs> if they're still listening. <laughs> um, I'm I'm pleased about the next question because it will give you a chance to answer a question. It also gave Jack a chance to rant about lost. Oh, so you I might want to be able to sing a Morrissey. You can sing a Morrissey, but get ready to rant about Lost. I mean, Bengalian platform. <laughs> putting a, a chewy sweet in your mouth when I'm saying you prefer a rant is probably not a strong strategy, but we'll see. Um, which member of the cast of Lost was alumni of Emmanuel? Golden Naveen, Globe nominee, Naveen, Sank winner. Naveen Andrews, is Correct. that Correct. For a bonus point, what was the name of his character in Lost? I've never watched the show. Nah. Good shows. for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> Um, one of my favourite things on Twitter is every so often uh, someone that Jack follows will say something not even positive <laughs> about us just, just they'll, like, they'll mention I it lost to them. yeah and Jack will just go why why are you doing <laughs> that and just attack them and uh, then a couple of people will invariably stick up for it because people t- tend to like mm. it I didn't like it you didn't watch it uh, Jack what's your feelings on, on Lost as a TV show good isn't it everyone loves it it's good it was an insult to my intelligence and a waste of my time how go. much time um, how much time? Uh, 37 hours? Did you follow you it? watched all of it? No, That's no, it was less than that. No. That's like two seasons. I've two and a half there. seasons I watched. Right. I gave up, I think it was at the end of the second season, or, or about halfway through the second season. And my friend had seen the end of the second season. Um, and I think he'd been in the States or something, and, sort of, and this was before box sets or download. So he was. Wasn't I? <laughs> no, well, you're gone. Yeah. Okay. But I, I wasn't getting involved. Um, and I just watched it on Sky while it was on. And my friend said, uh, yeah, he goes, I think the end of the second season is a bit of a jumping off point. You're either with it at that point or you're not. I said, uh, why? When it's just a moment where you sort of, it's hard to keep people on board. I said, what was he? He went, I don't want to spoil it. I went, I'm probably not going to stick with it. And he, I, I've never seen it, so it might not be true. But he told me the last scene in the second series was they find this giant statue and one of the characters says to the other, I don't know what's more disturbing, the size of that statue or the fact that there's six toes on each foot. Mm. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to keep me here, is there? If that's I, true. I, is, I, that, is that accurate? I don't the know. The trouble with it is there's four toes on each foot. Sorry. Right, sorry. but the trouble with it is, is it, was quite, it was a great shot, right? The grand past and you just see this massive stone statue of this four-toed foot. But it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. You know, it's Black Smoke Monster. has nothing to do with anything. You know, no new Pope has been elected or whatever. (laughs) Some guy's banging out some numbers and calling people brother. It's just all nonsense. Nothing relates to anything. It's just all red herrings. Because what you found out, and I think the thing that annoys you the most is when, in terms of writing the show, they didn't write it in the sense of have an overall plot Mm. or idea or purpose. No, they had some some guy with a purple crayon in the middle of a book (laughs) scribbling away. (laughs) Last question. Biggest one of all, though, isn't it? Let me just throw one in. Go on. How many of the Maccabees went to Emmanuel? I know this. I think it was two. It was? It was two. Yeah. Good the work. Maccabees uh, can't, had to move one of their tour dates because of my wedding. My friend, Jamie, <laughs> my friend Jamie's the sound guy. And so he was just like, nah, he can't do the... Uh, what was my wait, the wedding date? 22nd of October? Um, Whatever. <laughs> who knows? Lakeisha doesn't listen yeah, so, to Yeah, two days after payday. Here's, here's a clue. It's your uh, anniversary. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Biggest uh, question of all. Because this is, this is your best This is online. huge. This is your best This online. is huge. Do you have any idea where we're going with this? What was the name of the old Emmanuel who invented the internet? Well, I mean... Tim Berners. Well, 
Tim Berners-Lee? Yeah. No, I hadn't a clue that he What school you went to, Hassan? You yeah, went to school with the man who invented the internet, Hassan. The World Wide Web. Yeah, and yeah. I just got to think. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, you know, I know invented, the you know. Yeah, the information yeah. superhighway. Does that if make you feel that like you didn't do as well as you might have done there? <laughs> and you had a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. You didn't direct any of the Star Wars trilogy. You haven't got a single Michelin star, let alone two. And you certainly yeah, didn't invent Yeah, but can any of these guys play Stairway to Heaven? Mm. One of the Macaroons can, can't they? I'm sure. Sim Manazzi, when he playing the keyboard at the... Uh... No, he's, pl- he's on oh, the he's laptop. Oh, he's typing on a keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm was Mr. Of, Bean. I'm thinking of Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping back to Tim Berners-Lee for a moment. Yeah, let's see. He lives in America did. now, so the chances of getting on the show are minimal. Yeah. Uh, we well, really... once you've told him I've been on, that, you know... So yeah, 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 exactly. Just nice little link, one old... Uh... One old, uh, um, uh, what, sorry, what? Old, old, old Emmanuel. <laughs> sorry, I've got it written Yeah, we've, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show before, Steve, but Michael Faraday, pioneer of electricity, right? Next in line, Charles Babbage, the father of computing. Tim Berners-Lee creates the World Wide Web Hassan. And obviously there's the three of us sitting in a room putting out a podcast. You can see, standing on the shoulder of giants, you know. <laughs> you know, this is... To put it in words you understand, Hassan, standing on the shoulder of giants. <laughs> Are we, uh, I knew there was going to be an Oasis and Potato Waffles reference. In my day. You're a man of simple <laughs> taste, aren't you? <laughs> you know, we talk about how South London is often overlooked in terms of cultural and scientific contribution. But, um, yeah, we gave the world electricity, computers and the internet. You're welcome. Mm. I mean, that's, that's what we did. It's North London done. We can tell the wooden boat story. I mean, it's a pretty nasty story, though. Yeah, I can't remember it, so you say it. I was a really, really nasty, violent little I'm sorry, but there's no way getting around that. I was really, really I can't violent. say that without swearing. Uh, <laughs> no, you, I mean, I don't, know, I don't I, think there's I, a, a euphemism. I don't th- no, I don't think there was a euphemism which would have done it nasty, nasty, violent little boy. And no, 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 I wasn't. Okay. I was, I was, I was, uh, oik? Uh, <laughs> no, oik sounds loutish. I mean, I want, I want to get across a sort of demonic quality, but okay. I mean, doesn't really... I, again, I think. But I keep saying covers it. Yeah, I think you could edit this bit. Yeah, but um, I had real. We I can't because you saw pepper. We we could have it as a one-off. Okay, all right, all right. It wasn't even short man syndrome either because I wasn't that tiny until I was about eleven. So I don't know. I don't know. Like a bigger, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Six, six, six foot and seven, three foot oh. eleven. You know what I mean? I was relatively, you know, sort of for my age. I wasn't that small. I wasn't even small. Anyhow, um, it was my sister's birthday and I was having a temper tantrum for some reason or other. I can't remember because it was a long, long time ago. Uh, probably because I wasn't the centre of tension. And uh, my brother had carved this really, really lovely and yet very solid wooden boat. It was, you know, a foot, good foot in width. And, you know, it was varnished. Your brother carved and... it? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was pretty handy at CDT. He was, uh, yeah. And, uh... CDT. Take yeah. it back to this, <laughs> And um, I remember um, I got into an argument with my sister and for, again, reasons unknown. It was, I'd imagine, my fault again. Cause I was, Sounds and like I it. ended up bringing it down, the boat on her head from quite a distance. A good, good, you know, as far, with all the strength I could muster at the age of six or whatever it was. And uh, giving her a black eye on her birthday, which is evident in all oh, of the It was like, no, but it was lucky it was only a black eye. It was, yeah. I can't convey how solid this boat was and with how much force... I had, uh, I'd, yeah. Was, it's, that it's, wasn't, that wasn't a nice it sounds like you're a weakling. No. <laughs> yeah, you were saying you used to scratch a lot, yeah? Because this is not what I was trying to bring up. I was trying to bring up a story at a manual where there was a wooden boat um, in, wasn't there a wooden boat in the hallway and a kid fell off the stairs and crushed it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a wooden boat, no. What was that then? It was a wooden replica of the school. A wooden replica of the, yeah, the whole school, that ornate it building. Was the squ- His brother was great at CBT. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't blame me when you've said wooden boat and there's the only, you know, that. that, that all right, fair enough. So re- what was that story? Uh, it was, re- yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't actually that funny, it, you know, sort of Chinese whispers and it got kind of, uh, you know, the story had got manipulated and mutated to the actual reality. The way it got back to me when I heard the story is that um, it's ridiculous now I think of it, some kid. Uh, had stupidly, we had um, the school was ground first, second, third, three floors, and there was a chapel, chapel, chapel above the chapel. One on the, top of the other. There was there was ground quite, at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> the, 
It was three. It was a three foot, but the chapel was just above the third floor. And that he'd uh, sat on the banister, uh, and that he'd attempted to slide partially slide down the banister oh, from. Um, and of from his a great height. His, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that his bag had taken him over the. Uh, oh, look out for the bag! And that he'd <laughs> fallen, plummeted onto this replica of what the skull used to look like. I'm pretty, yeah, well, and uh, which was right next to the payphone, and uh, had just absolutely uh, obliterated it. That's what how he'd been told, and then mm. was, you know he was at fault. But apparently, all it was is that he'd put his bag on and he kind of leaned <laughs> over the. He was just leaning back, but the bag was so heavy it just tipped him over. And uh, well, I think all trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, it's amazing he survived. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Yeah. So apparently, I mean, he had he had a broken he had a broken leg or something or another. But I remember apparently he'd come into school and he was obviously traumatized. But we weren't supposed to talk to him about it. But um, yeah, yeah. I obviously I hadn't witnessed but the other the other rumor going that somebody was actually on the payphone <laughs> at the time. I've got to go. <laughs> you won't just, believe what just happened. <laughs> I've got a question out of your description of the school there. Yeah. You had a, a, a penthouse chapel. <laughs> was, That's the top floor. They go, uh, where are we going to put a chapel? I mean, penthouse, isn't it? I should, yeah. uh, Swimming pool on the roof. I will actually the look into it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it was just, it was the, the highest floor and it was just, there was an extra set of stairs. Um, Stairways. So, uh, <laughs> You're a proud Teutonian. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. I get, um, I'm one of those people. Teutonian, shall we? Teutonian. Uh, whatever. I like Tutingian because you get in Tutingian, like Kingstonian, but Tutingian. I like saying that as well. I'm gonna say it a lot. I uh, I am, and I'm one of these people that's you know forever bad mouthing Tutin. Uh, but it's, it's a great of... name for a place, isn't it? That it doesn't get enough credit. It's really on the quiet a brilliant name for a place, isn't it? If you think about it, a place called Tooting. Tooting, good. <laughs> Where did that? Sorry. What? That's the sort of thing a posh person says. Has a tooting good curry. I think um, we've remarked on the show before. I've never really visited tooting too much. We had some friends living there for a while, and the thing that stuck in my mind was the giant chicken shop on the high street. Just you, ridiculous. That, isn't it? Oh, the, the chicken floors. cottage yeah. flagship store. Yeah. Flagship store. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm led to believe uh, Pakistani spinner Sakhalin Mostak did the honours. On the, you know, oh, these, really? The, the Sackling Mustache. That might be fabricated, but that's what I heard. That's what I heard. It sounds like the sort of thing you wouldn't bother to make up, so it's probably true, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure it was massive news to the, <laughs> you know, sort of. To so Chicken George. The equivalent of, I don't Chicken know, Cottage. Lampard Chicken Cottage. At the time. Chicken Cottage, yeah. No, uh, unfortunately, the, 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 the best thing about Tootin was the, rec- I would say this, but the Record Centre, which was a long standing sort of independent record store. Right next to the tube station, funnily enough, it was a dang. Did you buy everything and that's closed down? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's yeah. like, on the upside, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was really horrible decor, it was really hor- really dark, but obviously it was quite, you know, it was a nice. How long had it been there, do you know? Well, as long as I could remember, so. At least, uh, I mean, at least 15 years, more than that. As I said, okay. I, I mean, it'd been there. From from Miley's memories of right. Tutin, um, but come I think it was yeah it was two thousand one where they the landlords got wind of how successful and how well they they were doing and they kind of doubled the rent and didn't make it feasible, um, which is so then you get no rent. Well because just I mean not not on a Tutin related note, but I've just found out my favourite bookstore is closing, uh, Dover Books, um, just kind of you know in. in just off Shaftesbury Avenue, near... Um, yeah, Cecil Court, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dover Books is closing at the end of this month. Um, Wallenbrook Books in Clapham is closing at the end of this month. So pretty much everything... I mean, we, we bang on about sort of identikit clone towns, but in the end of the day, sort of, they're not being supported. Right, getting back to Tootin, the first time I ever went there, really, I think, was to see you. Um, and, yeah, I was struck by just how Asian it is. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, it's yeah. full on, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. There's, like, you, shops you, you with, kind like, of... different language signs, Steve. You know, you can get, like, Indian takeaway food. Like, not just the one, just not just the normal thing. Just, like, you can go and buy one bhaji. All hours of day and night as well. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Love it, they, it? They have no... Con- the, the public hol- holiday is not a concept that these stores have kind of, you know, sort of, the bank holiday, sorry, they they are open all hours, all days, it's, uh, but as you pointed out, it is a very, very Asian area from, and you can even see the kind of line that you cross where you don't actually see kind of white folk 
<laughs> sorry to be as oh, blunt as that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is the ethnic, devils? Yeah. What is the ethnic makeup? Because of you're Bengali. Oh, well, we can talk about this in a moment. But you're from, you're of Bengali origin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I, I, I mean, believe... there's not a lot of Bengalis there, is there? I thought Bengalis like there's a lot of Bengalis in say in, Tower Hamlet. Yeah. Exactly. In Oldgate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's not so much. Is it more Indian, Pakistani? I believe I believe it's kind of a mixture. They're all of brown, Indian, yeah, and you're not gonna, you're making no further investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel more at home there or less at home? It is. It, no, I, I do. I mean, as I said, I, I, I do seemingly, and I'm fairly criticised the place a lot, but it's kind of the way that you, you might, you know, slag a sibling or a sort of, uh, not that I do, or, uh, or a close friend of. Yeah, but the way you might smash a photo. That's how I feel about it. I'm allowed to say it, but other people Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's home and it has been largely for my 30 or so years, bar give or take the odd couple of months here or there. But, um, You've been and... to prison, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, but, um, it... evasive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think we'll refer to those the wilderness years. Yeah, so, wilderness uh, weeks. <laughs> but, um, no, it's it's somewhere where it defines wherever. Whenever somebody asks me where I'm from, and I know what they're getting at, they're getting at where are your parents from. Yeah. But I always refer, I always answer tooting because yeah. it's kind of that's a great answer. It's, you know, it's where, yeah. I always make people go, oh, Lakeisha, that's an interesting name. <laughs> where is your wife from? And I go, Campbell. And they go, oh, where are our parents from? And I go, Tulsa. <laughs> Every time people go, and they just drop it, and then they're just tell them, you know, she black. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's where this effete, this effete frame was, you know, sort of forged in the badlands of uh, Tutin. This is so, the open, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curiously proud of being from Tutin because, as I said, there's, it's it's not a particularly lively place. There's not a lot going on, but it's it's home. Are there any kind of Tutin ex Tutin residents, people from where you're from, who? Uh... Not exactly, yep. well, you know, sort of, but um, I believe... Oh, Sandy Tom, isn't it? <laughs> Sandy Tom did live in Tootin, um, but I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, I forget his name, um, that in, that comedian of Nigerian origin, Stephen K. Amos, I believe yeah. he, he oh, lived right. in the same state as me. Oh, uh, right. I saw him a couple of times, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it was him, and I'm, <laughs> I think he... I think he I think, <laughs> I just want to cover all the bases, but I think I think he, I shouldn't really because I think he even referred to it in his biography. Not that I was reading his biography; I just wanted to see the word "toot" in somebody. In print than, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. Someone's yes. coughed to it at last. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've been waiting for that Darren Bent autobiography a long, long time. <laughs> so uh, Darren Bent, obviously, who, as you know, I'm a big fan of. One of your top five footballers, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. All time. Over Darren, all time, yeah. Darren Anderton. Yeah. Darren Bent. Darren Bent. Darren Caskey. <laughs> Darren Byfield. And uh, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> so national identity, then Hassan, you've hinted at it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like both your parents are from Bangladesh. As as you know, I get uh, quite a bee in my bonnet about it. Um, I don't know why, but um, yeah, it's something. You, you know, you you often get the the question as you put it. You sort of where are you from? And uh, it's one of those things that splits you down the middle because my my siblings were played a big part, being the youngest by about. Five, five, five years, and my brother's eight and a half years older. You don't really make a lot of your decisions in what you know. As a five-year-old, I wouldn't have chosen to listen to Depeche Mode, but that's what my brother was listening to. So you know, I've, I've got into it, you know, sort of. And you do absorb a lot of influences. And at school, it was made known to me that you know, in some way, I was different to sort of some people. You know, there were I had a couple of nicknames uh, that weren't particularly offensive, but they they were designed to kind of draw a wedge and sort of. There were basically questions about why you didn't behave differently and why you didn't like watch Bollywood movies or sort of speak a different language at home, and uh, it's never been a question for me because, because yeah, it would just my dad always wanted me to speak English so I wouldn't have any difficulties sort of in terms of communication or I mean that I know that sounds absurd but I think we've all met people with slightly you know who, whose grasp of English isn't the greatest I mean. By me, it's not very common. He's sitting um, right here. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no. As I said, I was born and raised in South London, and I, you know, sort of uh, just regard myself as South Londoner first and foremost, and then, and then, you know, sort of, uh, yeah. So that's the nice thing about South London, isn't it? The fact that there is a, such a, a rich mix that you can sort of not push it aside because we all sort of have different cultural backgrounds. You, you know. Uh, 
Jack's being... Scottish. Yeah, Russian. Yeah, one eighth Russian Jew. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Jamaican and Scottish in the background. Um, I'm of Irish descent and you're... But we do identify ourselves as Londoners first and foremost, I think, don't mm. you? Ahead of national identity, I think. There is a sort of very particular... And obviously, with our show, we've sort of created for ourselves an identity of South Londoners. Yes. Sort of being very particular about... And it is important, it is, as you say... The idea that where your family lived 300 years ago is going mm. to be more relevant to where you grew up. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? That's what shapes you. I mean, similar to what um, Alan Moore was saying on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's the places around you that shape you, the people mm. around you that shape you. You can have, you'll feel ripples from your past and your, your family's history and the heritage of your country. But realistically, it's the things that are in front of you and beside you that are going to you know, establish what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Do you think London has changed uh, post seven seven for Asian people because the thing is Hassan I mean as we're establishing you're very sort of anglicised not even anglicised because you are Anglo it's a weird one because even the, the way that I introduced myself Hassan as, as we've established it isn't actually how you pronounce my name either Hassan so. <laughs> kind of <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 well, I would never think to pronounce it any other than Hassan well, well, I, it's, well it's, because I as we've established yeah, already yeah, I yeah. go f- but I'd imagine, yeah, I mean, that's how I introduce myself, yeah. and that's what, I mean, for some reason Antipodeans always manage to get the pronunciations, pronunciation spot on. Like that, yeah? yeah. Hassan? <laughs> no, no. Oh. Hassan? Yeah, 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 that's the one, yeah. Go. But this might sound a bit silly, but I don't think it is, but you dress, um, like, uh, very, I mean, do you know what I mean? You're sort Are you of very... say provocatively? No. Because <laughs> one of my friends said that, one of my... <laughs> They were, Very low oh, this, this, this will actually fit. This is a two. This is a lady gaga story. of uh, mm-hmm. tooting. Um, I was uh, I was um, passing Doris the florist. So uh, you know, Tootin's premier florist. Uh, they haven't paid me to say they. they <laughs> I've never even been in there. But, <laughs> but uh, when you say premier only, yeah. I think is the word you're looking for. Um, but uh, and a guy actually stopped his car just to shout out "Batty boy" and then drove off again. Uh, I just want to. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even shopping here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just walking past the flower shop. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, and then when I told this, um, when I told this story to my friend Kate, who uh, rather shockingly she said, "Well, you do dress rather provocatively." <laughs> and I thought, "What? You're turning this back on me? Yeah. I can't believe it." So, uh, but yeah, I, I do get a bit of grief now and again. Not, 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 not anything as outrageously as that, but. Um, I don't. Even, the thing is, I don't even realise that sort of. Obviously, when it's pointed it out, and now you're looking at my drawings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, now it's you know. Now I feel slightly uncomfortable, but uh, no. The point I'm clumsily trying to make is that um, I mean, you walk around in like yeah, tight pair of trousers, some winkle pickers. You have got a record under your arm. Do you know what I mean? I'm got, not, wait, wait, I'm hold on. Let me just finish. You're you might a, have a bit of a girl's haircut, right? <laughs> so no, but the point is, so you're obviously you don't look like. Um, a religious extremist, right? Yeah. But has London changed for you, even in, with your kind of like uh, ladyboy? <laughs> no. Um, Come on. Since since, out, since seven seven, since the kind of uh, the heat has been turned up on, kind of uh, I don't know extremism. Do you know what I mean? I because obviously you speak to Asian people, and you know going through an airport is different now than it was in America post nine eleven. You know. I've, you know, Asian people I know who've had trouble with the police since seven seven. You not experienced that? Not massive. No, I mean I, I've been. Yeah, well, I, actually, I say that, but I have been stopped and searched three times. So that I, see, in I, the I same period, I've not been stopped and searched three times. So I think there is an issue there. And I, I find it. So I think um, I was wearing on the first occasion. I was just wearing kind of work clothes, and I was just like dressed actually, kind of uh, out of. I was just actually wearing some trainers and a hoodie, which, as you know. Not, not really. What, but I was on my way to work. So, and at Oxford Circus Station, as you know, there are several exit points, and I was just gonna. I did a U-turn to use the one that was most convenient for myself. And as I was making my way to sort of tap out, I felt a yank on my hood, and you know, sort of, felt yeah. you're taken quite aback by it because yeah, it's quite, you know, Shocking, it's quite an intrusive thing yeah. to do. Yank it's uh, a sort, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I turn around, and uh, it's not even a proper police officer. It's like a transport police, right? Sort of. 
And he, he was just questioning me about why I'd chosen a particular exit. And he said, it just seemed well, to me... he grabbed that, you and then... Yeah, he grabbed, he grabbed me. He didn't even know. If he'd waited a millisecond, I would have tapped out and he would have seen that. I was, but he uh, yanked me by the hood and I turned around. Uh, and then he said, why? It, it just appeared to me that you made eye contact and then did a U-turn. And then I said, I didn't even notice you were there. I've, you know, I'm kind of in my own world just before about, about to start work. And it, it did actually put also, my Also, why up. do you have to explain any of your movements yeah. to anyone? Well, my, my nose was out of joint, and I get kind of quite hysterical, and I'm, I'm, I was kind of upset, and I wasn't being well, normal. Yeah, people do. Don't yeah, they? no. So, if, if I think if anyone gets dragged up by any anyone involved, even tenuously, as transport police are in law enforcement, yeah, yeah, and then get um, harangued about their movements, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, I kicks you in the face. That's the correct I, response, I, isn't it? You drag people up. Well. We, or if he'd even called out, I mean, there's chances that I wouldn't have known he was referring to me because I'd never previously had any. My batty boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you called. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that was that, that was the first time, and uh, I was quite agitated, and I was actually just um, quite flustered by it, and like, I was late to yeah, work. Will blow at you? What? <laughs> <laughs> you better cut that bit out. <laughs> but um, it's like it's Jack Ferris doing so. But the the last time actually wasn't being so much. I was stopped uh, in a car with uh, Ishmael. We just we were making our way back from um, the cinema in Wandsworth. We were pulled over um, because apparently he was driving too slowly in a residential area. I thought it was hilarious. He's doing like twenty five, and apparently he was driving dangerously slowly. I thought it was in a residential area. What you want us to? I know. I've only been searched by the police once, and they. Uh... Yeah, we can smell cannabis. Like, there's never been cannabis in the car. Was it last? Was it when you were doing the podcast with Alan Moore? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Alan, not, just kidding. Not mine. It's Alan Moore. That must have been really weird when you had like a naked old man. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Not, <laughs> not as weird as you'd imagine. Where are his clothes? <laughs> and the third time? Uh, that no, that that was. I didn't even count that. That that wasn't even the third time. The there Second were a couple. Of, there were a couple Sorry, of other yeah. times after that where uh, I was just. So we're up to four times now. Well, that that wasn't really me. That was pulled. Oh, that was the. I, yeah, I, they I kind think of, you could count that as. All oh, right, okay, because they didn't really pester me. That they asked me a couple. Of, I, was, I, 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 I got to remain in the car. Well, they said to you, "Is this your wife?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, madam. <laughs> so Hassan currently works in a bookshop in Southwest London. I don't want to narrow it down any further hmm. because uh, I don't want people turning up trying to get start discount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what a taxi driver? Asked me if I could get him staff discount <laughs> five minutes into our journey. It's incredible. Yeah, don't ever tell this. Just say I've got an office job. On the, t- <laughs> the woman from T-Mobile, if they was going, like she was but, taking time to sort something out. She goes, "May I ask what you do for a living?" I was like, I "Work in an office." Like, don't worry about it. Just get me that three fifty off on mental already out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, regular customers, Hassan. Are we talking about Jeffrey? Yes. <laughs> um, is he the hugger? No, we're, uh, the hugger. We, we might come to in a second, oh, okay. right? But people I'm might be aware of Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Hansford. Um, he was on Countdown. Yeah. People might be... If you type in Countdown Conundrum, he'll be the top result. He did the fastest ever Countdown Conundrum. Less than a second, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah the uh, yeah, thing cool. turns round and it gets... You know, like his... Um, it's uh, the word is on the block. Yeah. It says countdown, and they turn it yeah, round, and it around. stops, and you see the word quarry pet. Yeah, which is not a word. Is it? <laughs> There's sometimes two words in it. Yeah, and the thing has not even turned to the ninety degrees to stop. It gets to about seventy-five degrees, and he just bangs on the thing and goes parquetry, parquetry. <laughs> <laughs> Did he repeat himself? He did, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he touches his chest like that as he You've does it as well. You've obviously watched this way more than So me. many times. It's incredible, man. It's incredible what he does. The thing doesn't even stop turning, Steve. Yeah, yeah. He can't even... He doesn't even get... Like, the light must be reflecting off the letters still. He doesn't he's even guessing, get a look He's at. guessing if that's a Y or a G. He's, sort of, mm. he's gambling on... on Parquetry. Parquetry. <laughs> and he went, he went <laughs> it for about three weeks, wasn't he, or something? No, no. He, he was runner-up for 2007. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, he got all the way to the final. So, and then uh, got beat, so got beat uh, yeah, by a kid. Is he the same person who comes in and says to people, "What's your date of birth?" And they go, uh, "12th of January, nineteen eighty-three." And he goes, "Wednesday." Yeah, yeah, he does. That's his party piece. Is but, that a thing um, as well with the hands? Or you just he doesn't own... do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've added that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, with, without wanting to, the first time I met him, he came up to me, and uh, I think he 
I'm, I'm not sure it's something on the lines of he asked me what Dean Martin's seventh top 40 hit was and uh, being unable to answer he gave me the kind of you're a complete idiot aren't you yeah. and he might have been right but for not the reasons he was thinking and ever since then he's been it's not slightly, a reasonable question of it, slightly, <laughs> slightly dismissive of me but you know I kind of, kind of like that but, um, yeah the thing is in hindsight, you're probably going, I'm so glad I got that wrong. If you got it right, you'd be his guy then, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's, it's Hassan in today. Just, I've got some questions like that pop trivia from the 60s and 70s. He, not the 80s or, or 50s. No. I mean, his, his uh, ability to retain facts is pretty astonishing, though. I mean, he comes in, he'll get like one of those sort of virgins big book of British hit singles and then just page by page, just sort of scour it. Johnny Five stuff, any... Anybody remember Short Circuit? Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, just breathing through. Yeah, Robo, exactly. Robocop, isn't it? Yeah. Just, uh, so yeah, many yeah, 80s yeah. sort of references about how this guy reads. Any other interesting regulars? Yeah, there's there's the Huggy Man, who's a mm. mute chap who, uh, who oh. as, yeah, it's been, he, uh, the first time I met him, he just gave me the thumbs up quite, you know, sort of vigorously, and I was, I returned the, you know, I that thought it would only be polite. Yeah. And, um, and then my friend uh, Tom T. Con Connolly, uh, said you probably shouldn't do that because he, you know, he, he gets a bit more physical He's a sex than pest. that. <laughs> um, well, apparent Tom, Tom, and Tom's a straight down the middle kind of guy. So Tom claims that he he would he doesn't exaggerate. He's not the kind. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. He said he said Huggy Man has kissed him and thrust his groin into him. So um, that repeatedly, know, or just like... no, just kind of like once and gone. Once and gonna do it. Do, gonna... Where are you going, Hassan? <laughs> I've got my elbow sticking. I'm not sure where it's going. But uh, yeah, uh, and he's. He, I mean, and then it, after after the thumbs up, then it sort of went up to you know sort of went up a level to a handshake. handshake. And he did apparently shake hands with a lot of people as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, well, this is interesting. Oh, go on, sorry, Karen. And then I mean, most uh, most of the time, but you know, I, I I've got having you know been forewarned by um, sort of Tom about and seen him hug other people. I've always been quite on my feet when I've seen him. I've been done my best to be on the move and kind of you know sort of but one time I was just stuck down under the you know sort of picking a few books up and when I got up he was there he was like a couple of inches from me Mm. and then he went in for the kill and unfortunately there was no way out other than an embrace and uh, I felt his kind of clammy waxy ear on my forehead Oh. And then proceeded to sandpaper it off that night with, uh, <laughs> you know, it was... Yeah, so with a lot of these people, you just... If you talk to people who work in other bookshops, there's a lot of people that seem to start off in southwest London and just walk to central London and go in every bookshop on the, in, uh, on the way and just creep people out. Like, the <laughs> deaf guy used to come in to a Waterstones in Oxford Street when I worked there. Um, and he used to just come in and he used to shake our hand, me and Glenn. And my friend Christopher, all of us like fair-haired guys, yeah. um, and shake hand really, really crusty hands, like as if he'd been sandpapered off his own fingerprints for terrible reasons, and um, and like and then eventually he'd be like, Ooh. and like kind of put his arms out to you, and you'd kind of have to hug him. And it got to a point where if he came in the shop, I'd run out to the back office and just so- watch the security camera until <laughs> he left. And oh, yeah, like, yeah, he'd just walk around and you'd see like other people with dark hair or whatever. Just like, oh. Yeah, this, this is the weird thing, because apparently Huggy Man isn't... And Tom had told me this, he wasn't particularly keen on sort of dark skin. No, but obviously he's made an exception for you. Well, I think he's, he's, just, he's just fallen on hard times and just yeah. now... Because he hugged my Beggars friend... Beggars can't be choosing. He's, he's fallen that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd, he'd hugged my friend Kate, and Kate is the only... To, as you know, as, as far as I'm aware, the only woman he's hugged in bookstores. Oh, right. So she's kind of privileged as well. Does she feel pleased about that? Is she? She thinks he, he's lovely, but she she sends her over. <laughs> Wasn't there one time you were in the office hiding, looking on the camera, and you were ordered out by your manager? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to name yeah, him. Yeah, he's right at the top of Waterstones now. Terrible man. He, uh... <laughs> you better. Hit it. Oh yeah, because yeah. of you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he sent me out, and I was like, "Look, this deaf guy's gonna hug me. You know, please don't make me." Like, just tell him no. <laughs> but now like, the key was, you just had to try and put. Tell him no. You had to put a till between you and him, so when he came along, get, you just get behind the till and just be like, "Hello, just wave." You just but, carry the till across the shop floor. It's the only way. I'm sorry, I've unplugged it. It's the only uh, way. Best re- you tried to hug my uh, hug my friend Gordon Gordon Spurs Spurs and. Uh, Gordon, when he when he went in for the kill, Gordon just kind of fell backwards <laughs> awkwardly on his face. Just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. We, I, I, you know, and that, but apparently the police have advised not to hug him back because yeah, he's a yeah, sex yeah, they, they've So told... if anyone's listening and he comes in, because there's not going to be more than one person fit in this description, don't hug back. Right, thanks for listening. <laughs> Do you think Hassan? 
Yeah, thanks for coming, Hassan. Do appreciate it, man. Thank you, Hassan. It's been brilliant. It's been great fun, Really? Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah well, I know yeah, I would. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to com for more of our stuff. Click episodes at the top and you see, you know, 60-odd episodes, Steve, innit? I'll be putting up supplementary materials. Just <laughs> scouring YouTube for uh, Hassan appearances. Oh, you can put up uh, the Jeffrey uh, Hansford uh, Of course, clip, can't yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. That'll be up there, so just ch- you know, go that, there for that. Return of the Jedi, there's stuff, isn't there? I'll find stuff. We're um, on Twitter at SLHC, Facebook.com, Saffron Hardcore. And maybe we could just close the show, Hassan. You could tell us what your favourite Bowie record is. Half, you know, calling back to last week. Diamond Dogs. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we do um, a high five over the microphone? Yeah, why is that? Rock and roll with me gets me every time. I know it's not very popular with this fan base. No, it's, it's kind though, of, isn't it? I understand in the context of the album, and there might have been because it's the opener, kind of, it was initially intended as the opener of the B side, if I'm not mistaken. That it was kind of seen as a commercial, you know, they needed a commercial leader, lead off track that didn't quite fit in with the kind of Orwellian theme of the rest of the album. But, you know, I, I love it. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, after Young Americans, probably my all-time favourite uh, Bowie individual track. I was complimented this week by Please Join Your Mouth Voice, said it with Please Radio, and I've been on national radio... So I didn't even understand what you said there. It's just so <laughs> quick. There's a radio. So, big beetle. The question I have is, is it his ears or my voice?